Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. This is where you learn how to create a happy nurturing relationship with your children without anxiety, stress, or guilt. Carefree parenting, helping you be the kind of parent you've always wanted to be. I'm parenting coach Vinita Zutshi and today's episode is Overcome your biggest secret fear as a parent. Where there is love, there will always be fear. When we love someone, we are afraid that something bad might happen to them or that something bad might happen to our relationship with them. This is natural and we are all familiar with this fear. What this episode deals with is your secret fear as a parent. And what is that? You are afraid that you may be doing it all wrong. You are afraid that what you do or don't do will affect your child's physical, mental and or emotional health. That somehow you will make it more difficult for your children to be happy and successful. It was May when temperatures routinely crossed 40 degrees Celsius. That's over 105 in the shade. My daughter was five months old. The phone rang. It was my mother-in-law. Have you given her water? I said, no, I think she's fine. I'm nursing her and she's eating the vegetables I cook and the fruit I puree and some grains. I don't think she needs any additional water. She said, at least give her the water in which lentils are boiled, dal ka pani or diluted fruit juice. I said, no. How can you give her food but not water? It's burning. She'll die of dehydration. What are you doing? She will die. Her voice became frantic. This was the first of dozens of phone calls I received from her every single day from May to September when I finally began giving my daughter some liquid that was not produced in my body. My mother, knowing me well, was calmer. She had one conversation with me, during which I told her I knew what I was doing and that was that. Besides, she could clearly see that my daughter was thriving, so there seemed to be no point to pushing me. My mother-in-law, however, refused to believe the evidence of her eyes. Are you shocked that I did not listen to people who had more experience than I did? That I didn't listen to people who had raised children of their own? That I didn't listen to my own mother? What if you had been in my position and decided not to give your five to nine month old child water in the scorching summer of Delhi? Would you have been able to withstand the pressure of someone calling you every 15 minutes through the live long day, every day, saying your child would die because of your actions? Probably not. The only reason I was able to withstand the pressure was that I was so sure of myself. You see, it's not like I had read in a book that there's a specific age at which children need to be given water and decided that I would do that. I had been reading and learning about various aspects of parenting since I was a child myself. And I was actively monitoring my daughter's appearance, mood and health constantly, almost on autopilot. Given the number of waterborne diseases, 
I truly believed that I was avoiding disease while still ensuring she got plenty of good quality fluids. She ate delicately spiced blended vegetables, mashed fruit, delicious stuff. It's only when she began eating larger quantities of grain and I noticed her energy flagging from what it was earlier that I began offering her water. And the transition was seamless. I just handed her a glass of water, she held the glass to her lips and drank. No bottle, no sippy cup, nothing. She'd seen me drink water over the months and she must just have done what she'd seen me doing. So not giving her water in the initial months was a well thought out strategy, not a whim or a fad. I had no auspicious moment or launch date for giving her water to drink. I was with her all the time. Yes, I took her with me to work as well for those of you who are wondering. Anytime I felt she needed it, I would have given her water and she would have drunk it if she'd wanted it. Let me say this again. Not giving her water was a well thought out strategy. Most parents do not have well thought out strategies about the thousands of large and small decisions they need to make and actions they need to take as parents. This is not your fault. Usually, people prepare actively for parenthood only when they are on the brink of parenthood or making the decision to become parents. You know how life is. When you're little, you may want to be an army officer or designer or chef or programmer or sports person when you grow up. If your interest continues over time, you would have read, heard, learned, absorbed oceans of information about the field of your interest over the decades, as a result of which you get better at it with time. So if design was your thing, you would just flow into it when the time came to actually go to design school and begin designing real products. Compare this with someone who decides after school or college that they want to go to design school. They have no history of interest in the field. They've just decided just now that this is their field. How in the world would they know anything about it beyond what they try to absorb frantically while preparing for the entrance exam to the design school? In my case, because I wanted to be a certain kind of parent, I was actively preparing for parenthood while I was still a child myself. So, I had decades during which I read, heard and thought about all sorts of issues related to parenting because I wanted to be a parent since I was nine years old. So, most if not all of my decisions and actions came from a place of being very sure of what I wanted and how to get it. As a result, if someone told me the right way to do something, I wouldn't necessarily believe them or jump up to do it immediately. This doesn't mean they were wrong. They may have been right, but it was not the way I wanted to do it. And since I was the one parenting my daughter, I believed I should follow my way instead of constantly chopping and changing and following all sorts of ways which would confuse me and her. Listening to and following advice is good. Often, it is even necessary. The problem is when the advice makes you behave in contrary ways not allowing either you or your children to have clarity on things. Since I had spent so much time mentally practicing and actually trying out various parenting solutions, I did not have the big secret fear that most parents have that they are doing things wrong. This fear takes away your confidence, makes you doubt yourself so that you are influenced by many things that others say. You are so anxious that others should think of you as a good parent 
that you try to win the good parent medal from them rather than from yourself or your children. Here's something interesting. A study revealed that there are 256 ways to wash dishes based on the detergent, tools, methods and technology etc. you use. Obviously, each of these methods gets the dishes clean. But you need to see and perfect the method that you use, the one that's right for you. Telling me to wear gloves while scrubbing dishes won't work for me if I can't wash dishes with gloves on. Since I had already thought so deeply about raising my child, I knew how I wanted to do it and I was rarely sidetracked by the latest article or the advice a well-meaning grandmother might give me. If you're wondering about my husband, she knew that her son had nothing to do with the child, so it was no good speaking to him about it. She had to try and get through to me. But you may not have thought things out so deeply. So what can you do? After all, Every time you try to parent from your conviction, somebody comes along and says, you're doing it all wrong. Maybe you just got your son, who is in class 7, his own phone. He's thrilled. But your parents might say to you, he spends so much time on devices already. And now you've got him this phone as well? You're ruining him. Remember when you were children? There were no mobile phones then, thank goodness. But we still didn't let you live your life on the phone. What are you teaching him? You want to tell them that you feel better that you can reach him and he can reach you when he goes to art class in the evenings. You struggle to find the words to say that there are WhatsApp groups on which teachers post homework or children coordinate group projects. Maybe you actually say all this and they stop criticizing you. You're thrilled you've made your point. Then your son gets even more addicted to devices. Where earlier he was on the PlayStation and tablet, now he's on the phone too, playing games and surfing the net. You tell him to stop, but he doesn't listen. And slowly, your heart sinks and you begin to think, maybe your parents are right. You have ended up teaching him the wrong thing. So you take away the phone altogether. You're swinging like a pendulum from one extreme to the other. Maybe it's your neighbor. They send their four-year-old to music and sports lessons and look at you with pity when you say that you think five is too young and you will wait till your daughter is six or seven years old. My little one just brought home three medals in music competitions and is now being chosen to perform on stage all the time. And he's so much more confident also. You really should think of sending your child to some or other classes says your neighbor. You look at your child, playing in the park with friends, shouting, throwing a ball or riding her tricycle and wonder if you're hurting her chances to shine in life. Eventually, you may give in to the pressure and enroll her in three to four different classes so that she can develop an all-round personality. Then, she comes home exhausted and sleepy. She gets irritated with you because instead of letting her relax, you're pushing her to do her homework. When she does it, it hurts you to see how tired she is as she struggles to complete her work. But you keep pushing on all fronts. Can't let the homework go because she must get good grades and can't let the classes go because she must develop an all-round personality. So, what's the solution? How can you deal with being judged by everyone all the time for everything you do and everything you don't do? How do you stay sane? The answer is in three steps. 
The first step is to think about what you want. If you haven't heard it yet, listen to episode 4 called The Vital First Step in Getting Your Child to Be Your Raving Fan, where you will learn more about how to find out what you want and why it is so important. The second step is to take a deep breath and realize two things. One, no one can have it all. Some people may look like they have it all, especially on social media. Whenever you look at such people, sit down and make a list of all the things they don't have. Let me give you an example. Take any music or film personality who you believe has it all. Here are three things that person doesn't have. One, the freedom to eat what they want, when they want, and how much they want. Two, the ability to call their time their own. They have to work insane hours to look good, prep, practice, shoot, promote and do the work they do. Lastly, they are never sure if the people around them like them for who they really are or only because it's nice to be friends with a celebrity. How horrible is that? At least you know that your friends hang out with you because they want to be with you, not because of any other reason. So, like I said, no one has it all. The second thing you need to realize is that you will always doubt yourself. You will always be afraid that you are doing the wrong thing or not doing enough. But you don't need to act on that fear. Just recognize that fear when it crops up and freezes you in your tracks. Recognize it when it gives you a panic attack. Then take a deep breath and another and then yet another. So, first You need to know what you as a parent want and secondly you need to know that you can't have it all and that you will always doubt yourself. The third step is to decide on a course of action based on what you want and what you know about yourself, your child and your situation. Then implement your decision. Yes, just that. Most decisions, most actions you need to take are small ones. Decide on something and take that small action. Stick with that action for a while. Stick solidly. Don't be sidetracked by anyone's opinion. See how it goes. Then adjust. If your son is now on the phone all the time, tell him that the phone was meant for when he's going somewhere and for schoolwork, not other things. Give him a choice. He can either use the phone responsibly or have access to it only when he's out. and for 10 or 20 minutes in the evening to check on work related messages see how this works out adjust observe and readjust if necessary that's it but remember this will work only if you use your phone responsibly if you spend your time chatting or playing games on your phone how can you expect your children to behave differently so once again think about what you want and how reasonable it is for you to want it For your 5-year-old, maybe begin with enrolling her in one class of her choice. That way, she goes out for an hour, maybe once or twice a week, and still has enough time and energy to do her schoolwork. Try your solution for a week or a month and see how your kids respond. Adjust if you need to. Remember, no one knows your children better than you do. All the people judging you don't know you or your children or your circumstances. Don't let their judgment shake your confidence. As you keep doing these three steps, instead of focusing on what other people think of you as a parent, 
you will focus on what you want as a parent for yourself and for your child your confidence will soar no it is not easy but its opposite is not easy either if you have to do something difficult it might as well be something difficult that will get you the result you want for yourself as a parent and for your children there's a funny end to the story of my not giving my daughter anything to drink till she was more than 9 months old my mother-in-law was visiting when my daughter was a year old lunch was ready and would be served at 1 o'clock i had to step out for an errand at 12:30 and i left my daughter with her grandmother i got back at 1:15 to find the table laid but no one eating i asked my mother-in-law why they hadn't eaten and she looked at me sheepishly and said you didn't say anything and i wasn't sure whether i should feed her so i decided i'd simply wait for you to get back if you had told me to feed her when lunch was served i would definitely have done it <laughs> what a change from the person who less than 3 months ago kept telling me my daughter would die as a result of my actions so win over your secret fear by figuring out what you want and knowing that you can't have it all and that you will always doubt yourself then decide on a course of action implement it and adjust if you need to do this and you're well on your way to being a carefree parent got feedback comments or suggestions want to share your stories and experiences write to me at vinita@carefreeparenting.com that's v i n i t a at c a r e f r e e p a r e n t i n g dot com. Visit www dot carefreeparenting dot com for lots more tips and to consult me personally. I'm parenting coach Vinita Zutshi, and you've been listening to Carefree Parenting. I'll catch you next Friday at seven o'clock in the evening. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट